0: We are in this series that we are calling Who is God? And our premise for the whole series has been this God is perfect, God is true, God is power. And in all these things, He is for you. The God of the Bible, the God that we worship when we come here, the reason why we come here is perfectly unique. And he exists like no one or nothing else. He exists as three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Each of them are God. They are not each other. They are entirely separate persons, but they are one one essence. It's one of the great mysteries of our faith. It is a reality, and it is what we have based this series off of. We spent the month of November talking about God the Father and how he is perfect the month of December, talking about God the Son and how he is the truth, how he is true. And we're going to spend the month of January talking about the Holy Spirit and how he is power. The Holy Spirit is about power. Verse after verse after verse tells us that he is this power um, that has incredible potential to do supernatural things. Our series, the... um, Our big idea for this morning, rather, is this, is that the Holy Spirit really is the personal presence of God who provides power for living. And because this is such a big topic, and it is a a topic where it's spread throughout the entire Bible, I have recruited some help so that we um, might get a really good overview of who the Holy Spirit is. So um, take a look at this. Um, I am going to maybe elaborate a little bit on some of the points they made, clarify. I also want to just point something out just about how, how cool God is. Like I said, the, when we prayed together, that wasn't planned. And just listening to some of y'all's prayers, like they were praying the stuff right out of that video and some of the things that I'm going to say, that's not, there's no way I could have orchestrated that. That's just God's spirit moving and doing his thing and doing what we, we count on him to do. Bruce, could you jump back to that, uh, the slide with the phone number on it for me? I mentioned that this, this idea, the person of the Holy Spirit, is, is a really big idea, and it's found um, throughout Scripture. So this message is just soaked in Scripture, and there's just too many references for me to call out and point to and read. But if you text the word notes to that number, you will get um, sent to part of our website where the message notes are, and for each part of the, the message, there are links to all of those scripture references. You just click on them, it'll take you in a Bible gateway and they'll be all right there by each section, all right? All right, Bruce, jump for me after the video. Cool, so one thing we have gotta be really, really clear of is God's spirit is a person, right? The Trinity exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. He's not just an energy, he's not a thing, he's not an it. The Holy Spirit um, has a mind and he has, he collects knowledge like we do, except he has the full uh, knowledge of, of all of eternity. He's omniscient, just like the Father and just like the Son. He makes decisions. He has choice. He has emotions. The Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Not to, not, he can be upset. We can disappoint him. He is a person. At the same time... Um, he he's not a person like when Jesus in the incarnation, Jesus became flesh. The Holy Spirit did not take on flesh, but he still is a person in the sense that he has a personality. Same time, he is fully God. So as we as we think about that, there's a couple things that we can point to in the Bible. The the biblical authors they use the terms Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth, Spirit of God, interchangeably with God, right? So they, they, the guys who walked with Jesus, his prophets, his leaders, they identify the Holy Spirit as being one with the God of the Bible, right? So those, his names are, are inter, interchangeable. He has the attributes of God, all the omnis, omniscient, uh, omnipotent omnipresent. He is all of those things, just like God the Father, just like God the Son. And he has the, like the, um, he's been around since before time. The video started with the Holy Spirit hovering over the darkness that was pre, pre-creation. So he shares all those those attributes of God. The, uh, Throw out a big church word for you. Ready? Trinitarian. Say it. Trinitarian. Trinitarian. Nice. The Trinitarian statements of the New Testament, Father, Son, and Spirit, are all listed together. The, the biblical authors do that to, um, to bless people. They do that to give mandates. They do that to give authority. They do that to say who they're, they're representing. And they, they say those in terms of equality. Father, Son, and Spirit, are equal, the Trinitarian statements throughout the New Testament. And then lastly, this was was something that had not occurred to me until I was doing some more research this week, is the, the perfect work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary, humanity. The perfect being of the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary and she becomes pregnant with Jesus enables Jesus to live a perfect, sinless life as a human being. The Holy Spirit, the, the word that scholars use, is superintends over the biblical authors. God's word is perfect. Right? We can have confidence in the, the perfection of God's word because of the perfect, sinless life of Jesus. The Holy Spirit did both of those things. He was behind both of them. The perfect work of the Holy Spirit points to the perfections that only could exist in the God of the Bible. We tracking? The Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit is God. So again, just to, to clarify, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, God would send the Holy Spirit to rest on certain people, for specific people, for specific periods of time, for a specific reason and then the holy spirit would move on. It's why we read things like David in the in the psalm saying, "Father, don't take your holy spirit from me." Right? In the Old Testament, the holy spirit specific person, specific time, specific reason. Jesus comes on the scene and the holy spirit is made available to all of those who would follow Jesus. And this is the most concentrated section of the Bible where we read And we learn about the Holy Spirit, John chapters 14, 15, and 16. And this is called Jesus' farewell discourse. This is the night before he is crucified, and he's talking to his disciples. He's trying to encourage them about what's about to happen and about what's going to happen in the days and months and years to come. So we're going to dive into these passages a little bit more and drill down. So this is in John again. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept, cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you and in you. If you love me, keep my commands. The Holy Spirit is still at work always around those who follow Jesus and around those that don't, orchestrating circumstances and doing his thing. For those who love me and keep my commands, the Holy Spirit resides. Right? The, um, I wish there was a different word but because it, it kind of creeps me out a little bit, just the word. The Holy Spirit indwells believers. There's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It means that he is inside each of us who call Jesus Lord, that he lives with us 24-7. He is always there. He resides with, within us. Okay, another, that, the original text, that word, alos, another, it means another of the same kind. It's a numerical reference, another of the same kind. If the original word had been heteros, it would have been another, numerical, but of a different kind. The Holy Spirit is the same kind of advocate, helper, comforter, counselor as Jesus. That's why it's it's really important that, we, that, that another, it seems just like almost like a throwaway word, right? But it points to the fact that the, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He'll be with you forever. I mentioned he shares the attributes of God the Father, God the Son. He is eternal. He lives with you and will be in you, right? Who was living? This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesus, it's Jesus that's talking, lives with you, will be in you. Jesus is saying, hey, it's me, it's God. I'm, I'm going to be with you. Even though I'm going away, I'm still going to be with you. I'm going to have to step aside to read this one. Different, different verse. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I wanna point out that, <clears throat> where he says, we'll teach you, remind you of, of all things. The, the Holy Spirit took the disciples, and I've used this word in the past, a bunch of knuckleheads, and he turned them into revolutionaries and world changers. What, what, what happened? The disciples witnessed the single most important miracle of all time in the resurrection of Jesus. And then they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they were able to, they preached amazing sermons. First, I think probably the only guy in history, first sermon out of the gate, Peter preaches, a couple thousand people come to know Jesus. That's sermon number one. Um, they heal people. And then the, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he, he, um, he preserves those who follow Jesus, right? It, he allows the disciples to stay true to Jesus up to and including death. All but one of Jesus' original 12 disciples were martyred. They died for their faith. They went to their grave saying Jesus is who he said he is, he died, he rose again, and you, you can kill me, but that's the truth. And it's the Holy Spirit who empowers his saints throughout the ages to handle persecution and to handle martyrdom. One more time. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. John 16:7. For your good that I am going away. This is Jesus, right? People were waiting for hundreds of years for Jesus to show up. He's the long-awaited, much prophesied Messiah. He shows up and he becomes a friend to the friendless. He heals the sick, he frees the captives, he raises the dead. And he says, it's good that I go away. Right, who, what, as my wife would say, what, what's going on here? (laughs) Like, how, if I were the disciples, I would be, how can, how can that possibly, how could that possibly be? Jesus, you are everything that we waited for. We're we're finally starting to come around and to to understand this stuff, and you're going to go away, and it's for our good? Jesus goes away, and he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit becomes even closer to those who follow God than Jesus. He has more influence, more direct line of contact. He resides with in us. Here is a quote from Millard Erickson. God is not far off in the Holy Spirit. The triune God comes close, so close as to actually enter into each believer. He is even more intimate with us now than in the incarnation. Through the operation of the Spirit, he has truly become Emmanuel, God with us. God really is with. If you are sitting here this morning and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, the God of the Bible lives within you. And he empowers you to do Amazing, amazing things. Some of those things, the Holy Spirit is involved in the process of regeneration. The Bible calls the the video calls it uh, new creation. Think of it. Think of it like this: in um, an organ transplant, God the Father is the parent who okay's whose whose son has died and okay's the donation of a new heart. Jesus is the child who voluntarily lays his life down and offers his heart. The Holy Spirit is the surgeon who implants the new heart into each one of us who follow Jesus. The regeneration, we get a new heart when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's that new heart that moves us forward. It's Jesus' heart that moves us to love God and to love others. He teaches, as I reference, he teaches all things, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Norbert likes to likes to remind me of this. I'm so I'm so glad that he does. Is not just teaches. Um, you know, we spend time reading the Bible and and studying Scripture and and memorizing. The Holy Spirit is the one who can call up those those Scripture passages from from way back when. But more than that, he can put Scripture on our hearts and minds that we've never even memorized before. Sure, maybe we've read it once or or heard it, but the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind right when we need it. This morning I was reading and praying and I was just struggling through some stuff and I was just flipping through my Bible looking for verses just for some some encouragement and um, I put my Bible down and I sat back and a song came to mind, a song that I learned years ago and the chorus started to replay in my head. and the chorus is right out of the pages of Second Corinthians. I went and I found the verse in Second Corinthians that the chorus came from, and it was exactly what I needed in that moment. The Holy Spirit brought those verses to mind to encourage me, to comfort me and speak to me like he was sitting right there through the word of God. The Holy Spirit, Jesus walked, right? Everyday things. He ate with the disciples. They hung out. They built fires. They traveled together. And as they went along, Jesus used everyday occurrences, everyday relationships, everyday things to teach. And the Holy Spirit can do that for us if we allow him to. He is with us 24-7. So as we go about our days, if we take the time to acknowledge that he's with us, he will teach us in the day in and day out, not just when we come here on Sunday mornings. He can, that's not convicts, like people in prison, that's convicts. <clears throat> um, so when you get that little that little nudge inside, like, oh man, that was that was bad. Probably shouldn't have done that. Or you're thinking about doing something and you're getting that no don't 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 do that. Um, sometimes that's that's our conscience, right you would call that your your conscience. however, our conscience can be a little sneaky. Our conscience can be misleading. Sometimes our conscience will allow us to convince ourselves that what we want is the right thing and will will lead us astray. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, he will never lead us astray. It will always be the right thing because the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. If we feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit, if we feel something that we're like, oh, that was... Okay, I should do that or not do that, and it's contrary to what's in the Bible. That was not the Spirit of God. And you should go back and and go back to the drawing board and start over. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is always right, and it will never the reason we can know that is because it will never contradict the Word of God. He intercedes. This is one of the coolest parts about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within us, the Holy Spirit is God, knows the mind of God. When we are in a situation where we don't know what to pray or we're just out, we just can't even, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, prays on our behalf, just like Jesus interceded on the cross, the Holy Spirit intercedes in the act of prayer. That's an amazing, amazing gift that we have if we would only take advantage of it. He directs and empowers. Most of the book of Acts, right, there's the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the very next book is the book of Acts, and it's the story of the very first church and what the disciples did. Most of the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit, how he directs and guides and empowers people to do things that they could never do on their own. And he still does that, again, if we would only listen the Holy Spirit was the one who empowered Jesus. When Jesus was, went off into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days, it says he came back empowered, filled with the Holy Spirit. When he told, he told the disciples, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive power from on high. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do things that we could not do on our own. All right. The Holy Spirit is real, the Holy Spirit is God, and he does these amazing things. So why, why do people who call themselves Christians not look more like Jesus and act more like Jesus? Why do the statistics tell us that those inside the church um, act just like those who don't follow Jesus? And I would suggest to you that there are some obstacles that keep us from allowing the Holy Spirit to do his thing in us and through us. And the first one would, and this one kind of is more specifically if you have a church background, um, if you know anything about the Holy Spirit or you've been in places where the Holy Spirit is emphasized, or I use the word excess, perhaps overemphasized if that's possible. Um, I personally, for the better part of my adult life, was very scared of the Holy Spirit because I did not want to become one of them. Um, I've been in situations where uh, the excesses—what I would call the excesses of the Holy Spirit—are people like things are out of control, and there's just stuff happening that you can tell the Holy Spirit within me was telling me that this is not this is not right. And it's it kind of scared me away um, from the Holy Spirit and and more fully acknowledging who he is and, and what and what he could do. If um, maybe if you don't have a church background, you hear the term Holy Spirit, some of the older translations of the Bible say the Holy Ghost, right? There's no we don't really have a frame of reference. For for God the Father, we all have earthly fathers, for better or for worse right? Um, Most people have some sort of concept of God, whether it's accurate or inaccurate. Uh, uh, Jesus as the son, as a historical figure, as a teacher, even if it's not a biblical idea, people have some sort of frame of reference. The Holy Spirit is a ghost, right? We go one of two directions with this. Casper, (laughs) not accurate. Paranormal activity, just scary and the the wrong team, right? Um, so we have, we have no frame of reference, and he's much harder, I would say, much harder to relate to than God the Father or God the Son. And the last obstacle, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one, is that we're full. Book of, um, Book of Ephesians, chapter 5, I think it's like 18, 19, 20. It says, Do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if we are already full. We can slice and dice that in a number of different ways, right? If we already think that we know better than God, we're full of knowledge and there's no room for the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. If we, um, our schedules go a thousand miles an hour, if our kids' schedules go a thousand miles an hour, there's no time for the Holy Spirit. Our schedules are full Um, if we constantly have something going, even if it's in the background. We got headphones on, TV's playing in the background, we're making dinner, something's going, there's always noise. We can't hear the Spirit if we're full, if our volume, the volume around us is full. And a guy by the name of Francis Chan wrote a book called Forgotten God, um, which I'm going to reference a little bit in a minute about the Holy Spirit in which he talks about Comfort. And it says, especially in the Western world, right? If you are already comfortable, you have no need for the comforter, one of the terms of the Holy Spirit. If we are full of comfort, the Holy Spirit has no room to work in our lives. So, in a little bit, I'm going to challenge us to begin to think about how we might empty ourselves so that we can make room for the Holy Spirit. To do, to do his thing. So there are ways, right, to break through those obstacles. And the, the first one is the Holy Spirit himself. And again, if, folks, if we would just take some time, um, the Holy Spirit really is just, just amazing. This is from Romans 8, chapter 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. There's another verse very similar to that in the first chapter of, um, of Ephesians. This, the same power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave brought somebody back from the dead. Three days, cold, dead, dead. Dead, dead. The Holy Spirit... Rose, the power is in each one of us who call Jesus Lord. Like, I don't have a point of reference for that. I don't, it's, it's a lot of power. It, I would go so far as to say all the power, right? That power resides in each one of us. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is going to break through those obstacles, He's the one who's going to undo the, the preconceived notions that we have. He's the one who's going to call us to an emptying process. The other two things I would suggest to you are learning and simply being. We um, I've been trying to supply you guys with some, some references. This is Forgotten God. Um, we have some copies of this out at the Connection Point table, and I would encourage you to pick this up um, In the the version that we have, there's like a personal study guide in here, a group study guide that you can use along with it. I spent, um, I'm a terrible reader. I I read just very, very slowly. I spent like three or four days with this book, and I read the whole thing in the span of like three or four days, and I was just writing and writing and writing, and and like just, um, I can't, I can't commend this book to you enough in terms of getting to know who the Holy Spirit is. And I think that's a big part for many of us, is getting of educating ourselves on who the Holy Spirit is, personally. Um, other, if you're, so if that sounds daunting, if picking up a whole book sounds daunting, I would encourage you to just go back to John chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16, and spend some time just reading those chapters. Maybe just read them That's what what you're going to do for the next month. You just read them every day, every day, every day, and see what Jesus himself has to say about the person of the Holy Spirit. And this other idea of just being. Like, I feel like I've been um, pounding on this one pretty hard, um, but I'm going to keep banging this drum because I feel like it's important. Uh, The idea of getting alone and of spending time with God, of quieting ourselves down, of being still, to give the Holy Spirit a chance to do his thing, to just be. So again, I know like different personality types react differently to that, Um, so to provide us with some structure, I want, you know, you guys each got a paper plate when you came in this morning. If you didn't, go ahead and put your hand up, and our awesome ushers will run one out to you. So this paper, the reason why you have this paper plate is... I'm going to encourage you on your own time to do a little activity. You know, we we often, excuse me, often hear the phrase, oh, my plate is full, my plate is full, my plate is full. I want you to take this plate and I want you to write down over the course of an average week everything that you have to do, every responsibility that you have, every task, everything and write it down on there. And this plate, this is actually, again, man, God is so funny. This is a plate, Rich had us do this exercise a long time ago. I don't, I don't even remember how long. Based on some of the things that are written on here, I would say at least 12 years ago. Um, but I haven't seen this plate in probably six years. And yesterday, I go into the drawer where this plate was, for no reason attached to this message or for anything else open the drawer and there is this thinking plate <laughs> so try give this a try all right you're going to write down everything that you're responsible for there's a version up there of somebody somebody else that's not my plate so don't don't be trying to read what what's on my plate <laughs> um so this this could be things like i got to drive carpool i got to you know After I get home from work, I have three hours of computer stuff that I have to do on top of my job. Um, I spend three hours scrolling through my phone. I binge watch an entire season of whatever on Netflix, right? Anything, just think through an average week and try and write down everything that you do. Then I want you to sit and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit's guidance and help about going through your plate. and and identifying those things that only you can do. What are those things that only you can do, right? We're we're thinking about things that we're gonna keep on that plate, those things that only you can do, right? Only I can be dad to Jake and Jared. That's gotta stay on there. Um, Think about those things that give you life, right? As you're getting ready to, to head out the door, you gotta go do X, Y, and Z. Are you like, oh, not again. As you come back from X, Y, and Z, are you like, oh man, that was, that was phenomenal. Think about those things that give you life. You're gonna circle, you're gonna circle that. I want you to think about those things that are honoring to God. Because if we're honest, that's why we're not doing this here, right? We're not, you, I want you to get some space so you don't have to worry about anybody like looking at your plate, seeing what you're writing. If we're honest, some of the things that take up our time are not honoring to God. They're not helpful to us, and they're not loving towards other people. If they are, you're going to circle them, and we're going to keep them on there. If not, those are some of the things I would highly recommend we scratch off that plate. We're starting the process of emptying ourselves so that we might make room for the Holy Spirit to fill us. And when he does, the Holy Spirit will move in power. I promise you, sometimes that power is amazing and life-altering. It's, it could be something as big as like freedom from addiction. It could be a miraculous healing. It could be a relationship restored that has been broken for years. The Holy Spirit can do all of that like that. It could be. It could be something as you're struggling with addiction, and it's just making it through the next minute without taking a drink. It could be struggling with depression, and you got up, and you got dressed, and you got showered. Maybe maybe that was the Holy Spirit's power for the day. The Holy Spirit works in big ways, and he works in small ways, but he is powerful. He is real. He is God. He is powerful, and he is is for you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are so personal, that you reside within each one of us. We thank you that you are so powerful, that you raise people from the dead. That power resides in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask as we go forward from this place that you would make yourself so real and so known that we would educate ourselves. We would take the opportunity to educate ourselves that we would empty ourselves of those things that distract us from you, that those things that take up space for the place that you want to reside in. Jesus, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you gave us another you that is even closer than you, that is even more intimate and knows us even more deeply. We thank you for the power that you want to work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.